Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Francesco Pavone and I'm your host. And today me and you are going to talk about how to be less hungry on a diet. I'm going to share with you 15 little known strategies that will dramatically lower your hunger um, and will increase your satiety during your next cut. Hey, we will all go through different phases of our training, but sooner or later we will all want to lose our body fat. As a coach, I've never met a client who told me, I'm okay with some fat gain. I want to reduce my body fat. It's uh, the usual thing that people tell me when they join the program. So they all, some people want to lean more towards uh, building muscle and getting stronger, but still they don't want to do it uh, uh, to the cost of their body fat. They don't want to gain muscle and strength regardless of their body fat. They want to maintain a lean and toned physique. Now, um, it's often uh, like a learning chapter for uh, some clients, let's say a big percentage of my clients, um, to understand that it's impossible to be all uh, year around super lean and like to see abs and veins and all that that sort of definition Um, and it's more like appropriate to have uh, like most of our life uh, spending most of our life uh, in a calorie surplus or maintenance uh, and then selectively choose a period of time to diet for to stick to the diet for and uh, to lower the body fat just to see and appreciate uh, Uh, the muscle uh, that you've built uh, uh, with our training over uh, several months. So, um, you know, uh, everyone will benefit from these strategies. Um, They're not in particular order. So, yeah, make sure that you listen to the full episode. But hey, long further ado, let's get to it. All right, uh, so 15 little known strategies uh, uh, to be less hungry on a diet. Now, the question is, do you believe that dieting is hard and there is no way you can lower your body fat without feeling hungry at all? Well, dieting shouldn't be hard. And uh, honestly, it literally doesn't have to be hard. And I think like most people, they have a belief perhaps, uh, that it has to be hard. So uh, I was always pleased uh, uh, to meet uh, Jonathan Goodman, one of my business coach, uh, who always uh, told me, Francesco, what if this uh, looked easy? And I always keep it in mind. This is why it's so good to have a growth mindset, because you can learn many lessons about your life and apply them in different areas uh, of your life. So perhaps you can learn a business lesson and uh, wonder if you can apply a similar underlying principle to your training. So I always think uh, like whenever I think that something looks confusing and uh, like that I have to think a lot about it and there is a lot of plan involved, uh, like I always think about uh, an easier version of uh, my mental process. So so, like the same goes for dieting. Literally, like if you want to lose weight, sure, um, we can say that you can you have to create a calorie deficit for long enough to lower your body fat to a level that makes you happy. But, uh, you know, that's easier said than done because then, uh, you know, we start life uh, and we live many different uh, real life challenges such as, for example, Easter. So, um, you know, Easter, uh, it's uh, definitely great to connect with other people. And I hope that you had a nice weekend, by the way, and you celebrated Easter. Um, We went for um, a nice weekend uh, at the spa with my partner, so it was very nice, we had great food, but definitely like we had uh, an abundance of food, so I don't think I stick to my calorie deficit for uh, yesterday, but again, like as long as you hit your calorie goal for a long period of time so that your average intake is within the appropriate calorie range, then you're going to reach your weight loss goal. Now, let's talk for a moment about the difference uh, between weight loss and fat loss. Well, if you want to lose fat, um, you still have to be in a calorie deficit, but the macronutrients and the lifestyle consideration will be slightly different because if you want to lose fat, the chances chances are that you need to train with weights, okay? So you need to apply some sort of tension to your body. Otherwise, it'll be very hard for your body to determine which kind of uh, tissue is better to kind of reduce Uh, between body water, muscle mass, so lean body mass, and body fat, okay? So by applying resistance training and uh, having certain macronutrients in your diet, you'll be able to determine um, whether you're going to lose fat or simply weight, okay? So yeah, just keep in mind this little distinction. And that's why I suggest a certain protein target if your goal is to mainly lose 
fat. Now, for this podcast in particular, it's even more important because increasing your protein target, and that's one of uh, uh, the little-known strategies I'm, I'm, I'm about to share with you, um, it's uh, to make sure that you have enough uh, protein. And you can do this by simply making sure that you have uh, a lean protein source with each meal. Um, we'll get into that, uh, into why it's important later on. Um, the third point is to select carbs and fat that are balanced for health and well-being. Um, you know, want it or not, uh, and the research here is clear, it's not so important to stick to precise macronutrients for what concern fat and carbs, um, but you still like have multiple options for sources, and some of them will provide uh, slightly uh, more nutrients, um, and others will provide slightly more energy, so calories than nutrients. So um, it makes sense to just spend a bit of time uh, selecting like the sources for these two macronutrients. Um, and then the last point would be choose foods uh, that you enjoy and that fill you up. Now you do these four things, you can eat all you want and still lose weight So and fat, so you can still reach your goal. So I want you to keep this in mind, hit your calorie goal, hit your protein goal, select fat and carbs, uh, um, in an amount that is good for you, uh, we'll get into this in a second. And uh, you know, the, the, the um, um, have the food choices for these two categories uh, that are slightly higher in uh, protein and fibers um, and slightly less uh, um, calorie dense, and then choose food that you mostly enjoy. So it's simple here to just choose uh, foods and meals uh, that you grew up with and that you love, um, and yeah, just just starting from those. So. You know, just let's expand. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's uh, let's find uh, what are these practical strategies because we can focus all day about uh, on, on the theory and uh, you know the nutrition principle that govern uh, weight loss. But in the end, like we need, I want you to have some practical steps, some notes, uh, um, something to work on right away, right today. Um, so yeah, the first thing would be. Mm, the first little known strategy would be to spend at least uh, six to eight months trying to build muscle, trying to get stronger, trying to have uh, a energy surplus at least. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a big surplus. When I say energy surplus, sometimes people get a little bit scared, but you can achieve a surplus by as, with as little as 250 calories a day over your maintenance. Okay, so a rapid calculation would be to take your body weight in kilos, uh, multiply that for 22, um, and that you have already like a pretty rough idea of uh, your basal metabolic rate. So clearly you have to multiply that for a, your activity level. So, you know, it will depend that there are ranges. Um, and, you know, we, this is not an episode about how to find your maintenance, but I did a video on YouTube. So um, I'm going to put the link in the show notes so that you can check it out. Now, not only this is important for allowing you to see actually the muscle that you've built uh, once uh, you finish your cut, uh, not only is it important for that, so just basically for aesthetic purposes, but it's also good for a practical reason. Because when you spend uh, uh, at least six months trying to build muscle and uh, get bigger, basically, um, you know, not also not, not just bigger, also stronger at the gym. So like you, the two goals can go hand in hand very well. They're slightly different, um, but you know, the practical side of it is that you can do both uh, when you work for six months and both uh, it's a good uh, and wise thing to be in an energy surplus for both as you work on both. Um, but once you build, focus on building muscle and strength, basically at some point you will have to adjust your calorie intake. So you will have to increase your calorie intake. Um, and, and for some people, like this is highly individual, some people can, uh, um, you know, keep building muscle with a relatively small surplus. Um, and it's usually like for people that uh, tend to gain fat when they don't exercise. So, so, so they try to, get, they, they tend to get heavier when they go on a holiday, for example, um, or they don't simply exercise for a few weeks. Uh, that would be me. So I don't, I don't need like a huge surplus to gain weight. But hey, our body is very clever. Our body doesn't like to gain a lot of weight um, and to lose a lot of weight. Uh, let me be more clear. So you will reach a point where your body, in the attempt to keep your body weight in a certain range, it will increase your, cal your calorie consumption, your calorie expenditure, um, um, to the point where basically you will need to eat a shit ton of calories 
to be in an energy surplus. Um, this, this seems good um, if you've been in a, can seem good if you've been on a deficit for a very long time, uh, but it's actually like, uh, can be as well frustrating for the people who struggle to gain weight. Um, now, I also, on, on top of this, uh, like, even if I think it's great to spend at least six months on a bulk, on a energy surplus phase before starting your cut. Um, I think like there are no specific guidelines here. Uh, you can literally do like every year, six months of bulking, six months of cutting. Um, but in my opinion, it makes sense to spend most of your life uh, in an energy surplus because life is better when you are in an energy surplus. You can achieve uh, like uh, your goals at the gym. You can have fun. It's easier to get stronger. It's easier to sleep better. It's easier to have a balanced life between like uh, social life uh, and fitness and health. Uh, um, so like uh, things that you like to do and things uh, that you need to do for your goals. So it's easier to, an, to have a, a balance. Um, and yeah, given the fact that you will have to adjust your calorie intake, even uh, when you're trying to build muscle, many people uh, manage to finish their building muscle phase from a very high calorie intake. So it's not uncommon for me to work with men of uh, like 70 kilos who eat over 4,000 calories. And, uh, you know, once you start, uh, and, and you, this, this is so empowering because you start eating 4,000 calories and you struggle to gain weight at 4,000 calories, and then you go into a cut, uh, so you lower your calorie intake. So even 3,000 calories represent a deficit. Pretty big one. So imagine like, like this. So if you're eating 4,000 calories and you start eating 3,000 calories, that represents a daily deficit of about 1,000 calories. You repeat that for seven days. And I think me and you can agree that eating 3,000 calories a day for seven days doesn't really feel like a cut for most people, doesn't feel like a starvation mode for most people. So 1,000 calories a day for seven days represent a weight loss difference of about a kilo because we know that we need to create a calorie deficit of about 7,000 calories before we can see a drop of a kilo of body weight, okay? We can, okay, um, you know, agree that uh, um, when you wanna lose a kilo of fat, you need to create a calorie deficit of 7,000 calories and, uh, you know, like, it, we will never have the certainty that uh, that is literally fat or uh, a mix of fat, body water, and lean body mass. But again, that's the reason why it doesn't, you don't need to worry about it, okay? So given uh, all the benefit of, uh, um, you know, starting a deficit from a high calorie intake and having more muscle, um, it makes a lot of sense to make sure that you uh, spend at least uh, in your life, um, when, you, when you try to change and develop your physique, to spend the first six to eight months really trying to build and don't worry if you gain a little bit of fat along the way. Sure, if you have some fat to start with, uh, it's not going to reduce necessarily unless you're a beginner or, um, you know, you're coming from a long break or an injury. Uh, so it's, it's going to, you know, look uh, different uh, maybe than expected because, you know, that, that muscle building for a natural uh, athlete, uh, it, it really comes down to your uh, biology, to your psychology, how hard you train, how committed you are, uh, how your muscle belly are, and, and many other factors. We, If you liked an episode about genetic and how they impact your appearance, just shoot me a DM. I'll be happy to um, to develop and create one for you. Uh, but that would be point one. Spend at least six months building. And then point number two, um, it's uh, check your alcohol consumption. You know, um, how does that relate to your hunger? Well, you know, the alcohol, and I made an episode about it, uh, I'm going to link here our top article on how to track uh, alcohol um, when you're tracking calories and when you are simply using like a hand size portioning tool. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll share both in the article, but when you, um, you know, especially like if you spend some time building muscle and uh, you loosen up uh, a little bit uh, on uh, calorie tracking, uh, which is like, I think, in my opinion, a very smart thing and sustainable thing to do, um, then it's easier to kind of not notice that your alcohol consumption go up a little bit. I know that some people don't drink alcohol, some people do, so I, I absolutely like you know, I just talk about the uh, benefit of checking your alcohol consumptions because, you know, more often than not, it tends to be higher than we think. 
Okay. Um, now, alcohol also has seven calories per gram, but brings you no nutrients. So it's kind of a, like many people call it uh, empty calories for this reason, because they still count the calories from alcohol, still count towards uh, your energy intake for the day and your energy balance for the day without providing any important nutrients that the body can process for other uh, processes that happen in the body every day so you know like check it out because in my opinion like uh, the difference here it doesn't have to be eliminate your alcohol consumption but just uh, know where you're at how many alcohol units are you having what's your average like for me that i'm not like a big alcohol uh, uh, consumer it was easy like during a bulk to kind of uh, settle at four beers a week i didn't drink a lot of wine although i wouldn't say no to a glass uh, if i would if you know uh, if it happened uh, so, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's easy to keep like uh, a modest uh, amount uh, um, during the year. And uh, even if I still checked uh, my alcohol consumption because I started my cut uh, um, last week. Um, so it's, it's a simple choice to switch from four beer to two beers, for example. Um, and, you know, that, that's where you start to make progress. Okay, so that would be... Strategy number two, check your alcohol consumption. No particular guideline. Of course, I recommend that you stay within a safe amount, okay, which is about 10 alcohol units per week for women and 10 to 14 alcohol units a week for men. Um, it's still advisable to avoid eating, like getting more than three alcohol units in a single sitting because of the effects that they um, that they come with them. Uh, so like, uh, think about what happens when you have a, like a heavy night of drinking. Well, it's not uncommon to end up like at that uh, kebab place at 4 a.m. in the morning, uh, getting cravings on the way home, uh, getting pizza the day after when you're in a hangover. So, you know, it's easy to sleep uh, out and to, um, you know, getting a lot of thousands of calories um, related to alcohol consumption so alcohol cause alcohol per se doesn't have a lot of calories like literally if you stick to dry wine and uh, spirits you you'll get away like you can go out uh, have a nice night with friends uh, and still don't get so many calories from alcohol itself so i recommend that you still keep some alcohol but it's like everything that is around it okay so usually in that occasion turns to be um a day where uh, or like half a day where people like just have a lot of calories okay so ch just check it out know where you're at uh, and make like an informed decision based on that number three all right so this is big one and you're gonna love it like most people undervalue it because they say oh no francesco come on give me something more juicy um but it's actually like very powerful and i recommend that you use a timer and that you know again where you're at um i always think that it's uh, a good thing to observe where you're at before you actually apply like an external guideline that doesn't consider what, what you're doing and how you're leading your life right now so you know just just see how long it takes you to to complete your lunch and dinner and have a look maybe it's 15 minutes maybe it's 12 minutes and i you know if you, are, you tend to have uh, uh, two breakfast like one is a yogurt and one is a porridge like time both because different meals requires different preparation um so time it once you know how long it takes you to uh, complete a meal you can decide to eat slowly and mindfully no distraction like here just know that there is like there are different levels right so you can bring this up and literally have no phone no music um you know literally no distraction no laptop open uh, and just focus on the other person for example um the 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 easier level it's just just pace yourself okay so if you're eating with other people it's easy like you can just look at other people and uh, eat a bit slower than the the slowest one Okay, I like to think as well uh, to be a food wine taster. So it, it's like you just uh, wine taste food. Um, this uh, allow you to um, develop the right uh, hunger and fullness uh, uh, signals. So to uh, sometime uh, you know the, for the body, uh, and, and this uh, it's actually very interesting because there are hormones that are responsible for how hungry and how full you feel so when when you eat by eating slowly it's not actually a stupid uh, like useless technique it's a very proven technique because um, um, when you take more time you allow uh, for those hormones to kick in so 
you allow yourself time to understand when you're really full um, and actually to understand when you're full before uh, um, you end up overeating, okay? So uh, find your level, um, find something that you can do, okay? Something that uh, you can try even in your next meal. It's slowly and mindfully, a very powerful technique. Now, uh, moving on, uh, the point number four would be get a coach for accountability. Well, you know, accountability it's key realities um you know there are going to be imperfect weeks there are going to be weeks uh, where you feel small where you feel weak where you feel hungry anyway but uh, you know it, being hungry it's something that uh, it's totally manageable it's um, um you know a survival mechanism that the body uh, and the humans developed uh, um, so basically there is also a reward system in the brain that pushes us uh, uh, towards eating more food so the hunger is uh, just uh, a uh, physical sensation for some people it's uh, it's different some people feel it in the belly some people feel it in the throat some people feel it in the head some people feel it in the mood whatever like whatever is the physical and psychological sensation that you are getting i just want you to know that it's not bad it's good it's that if you were in nature that would push you um and that's why emotions uh, are um, um you know, behavior uh, um, instinct, they they pull us towards a behavior. They're not a determinant for a behavior, they influence a behavior. So a hunger in nature, a sense of hunger will push us uh, uh, to, to go and find food. Okay, so it's not bad. You just need to learn how to manage it for you and how to make sure that your calorie um, consumption from food and your lifestyle, it's something that you enjoy. It's something that is aligned with your goals and that it's, uh, there are no discrepancy between what you, th what you say you do and what you actually do. So, you know, we all need, a, we all benefit from working with a coach. I don't like uh, to say that we all need a coach because it's not true. Nobody needs a coach, uh, but all the people in the world will benefit from a good coach. Okay. So uh, get a coach for accountability. Um, we have our uh, next uh, cohort uh, starting in May. So if that's something that you, uh, but I, I, I recommend that you check as well our uh, Instagram profile uh, at Pavone Fit Fitness uh, so that you can make sure that once a slot uh, becomes suddenly available, you could be one of the first ones to apply. Um, so, but, but we usually like take our clients in cohorts. So it wouldn't be a surprise to see me asking uh, for five busy professionals or three or two because it really like depends by our availability by me my myself and my coach availability um you know accountability doesn't have to be just working with a very expensive coach um it can be just uh, simply sharing on your instagram story uh, that you're about to start a fat loss phase. So in this way, your local peers, the people um, that you relate to, will uh, send you a thumbs up, will tell you how long will you diet for, how much weight do you want to lose, will ask you questions. And this is the power of, uh, as well, having a growth mindset to uh, be willing to connect and share your journey. It's super powerful because it, uh, and I think this one is even more powerful than having a thought-provoking conversation with a coach because, you know, it's actually like uh, very motivating to see the people that we uh, look up to, the people that are part of our past, uh, the very important people for in our life uh, to send us messages and, uh, uh, you know, uh, asking how we are, what we up to in regards to this particular goal. So it's very powerful for me to start sharing about my training and my diet uh, back in 2018. So I, I love it. And I, that's why I keep doing that. So. Um, that would be point number four, get a coach for accountability. Um, moving on to point number five, um, consider diet breaks and refeeds. So usually like uh, in the uh, coaching world, uh, a diet break would be something where you temporarily increase the calories uh, um, for more than a week. Okay, uh, we don't have to get caught up in the terminology here, but I think like for some people it can be confusing where uh, refeeds are... Uh, a day or two where you temporarily increase uh, your calorie intake. So I like to think a little bit, uh, um, I like to think of this uh, a bit like a marathon. So imagine like you're running a marathon and uh, the marathon, uh, it's uh, your fat loss phase. Okay. So, you know, at the beginning, you're fine, you're fresh, uh, you don't even feel like you're, you're pushing, you're, you're, you're having your steady state uh, and it's fine. Like uh, the sun is up, uh, um, but then it starts getting hot and you sweat uh, and you really 
your legs burn and perhaps you have to start walking a little bit. Well, I see a diet break or a refeed a little bit like a water station where you can stop for a moment, get some water, perhaps get some liquid carbs and then get going again. Maybe you can walk a little bit and at some point you almost feel like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to start running again. And that would be uh, what a diet breaks or a feed um, will feel like. Uh, it's a temporary pause from the stress of the diet where, uh, you know, most people, they, they have a hard time because especially like when you've been uh, consistent, it's like hard to see um, that the weight loss stop, that uh, you have to uh, accept that, uh, that you're not going to lose any more weight. Although some people keep losing weight at the beginning of a diet break or a refeed. Um, and that's the beauty of it. Like in those days, you, you feel amazing because you're actually eating more than before, but you see the body weight keep going down. And, you know, in, it's an important moment where you actually realize that the body weight, uh, it's not linear. It doesn't follow what you did the day before necessarily. Sometimes, um, you know, that temporarily, uh, temporary increase of the calories, um, and this is something happening to people who died for a wedding and then they go uh, to the wedding and they actually come back lighter than before and they wonder how is it possible with all that alcohol all those calories uh, that i lose weight well it's totally possible because uh, sometimes our body hold on to the weight by producing a little bit of cortisol hey dieting is stressful so um, being on a diet for a long time uh, uh, increase your cortisol and your hormones like your stress level so by having a day which is like uh, you know it's helpful to see the refeed like a weekend where you eat a little bit more um, that cortisol goes down, the testosterone goes up and all the things, uh, not only for the food, but also for the things uh, that are around food. So we maybe allow ourselves to go out, get a gelato, uh, get a nice meal out uh, with our favorite people. And that usually has a very good posi positive effect on our body weight and our stress level. Um, so yeah, consider taking a diet break and uh, refeed. All right, let's get to the nitty gritty. So point number six, uh, what should you eat in order to feel less uh, hungry? Well, super simple to me. And uh, I actually run through this virtual checklist every time um, that I'm at a grocery, uh, be so that I'm doing grocery during a cut. So it would be make sure that you have plenty of high density, high fiber, low, so high nutrients, high fiber foods, um, I'll, I'll give uh, like a list of food in the show notes so you, you can check it out. I'll leave like a spreadsheet where you have like the protein, uh, carbohydrates and fat sources to focus on during a cut. Okay. A good rule is uh, to have one portion of fruit and vegetables every 500 calories every day. Um, if you revert that and you apply the same uh, during a, a building phase or gaining phase, it would be like uh, just, just make sure that you have one portion of fruit and vegetables every 1,000 calories that you eat. Um, so in this case, uh, like uh, you would double up your veggie consumption compared to the gaining phase and you would uh, um, cut in half your starch consumption. So, um, you know, your pasta, your bread. Uh, and, you know, don't, don't be afraid because this will have an impact on... Uh, your satiety and will have a positive impact, impact on, your, on your satiety. In fact, if your goal was to build muscle, I would actually tell you to keep an eye on these kind of foods because uh, they might be the limit why you are not gaining muscle now. Um, so yeah, like uh, these, uh, these foods will increase uh, your fiber intake, which is also important for gut health um, and um, uh, will increase the satiety. So they will basically... Uh, fail to increase your calorie intake so much as uh, the less uh, um, uh, fiber-rich food. Uh, these foods usually are less uh, processed, they're a bit more whole, uh, so they have a little bit less impact as well on the environment, which is nice if you care about the environment. And, uh, you know, they, they, they won't provide a lot of calories, but they will, do, they will provide a lot of nutrients, uh, which are very important. Uh, um, keep in mind that a weight loss, uh, during a weight loss, it's um, uh, common to develop deficiencies, like nutritional deficiencies. So by increasing like a little bit of fiber, and like to just give you a, a, a amount of fiber, we are looking for a minimum of 38 grams of fiber for men and 25 grams of daily fibers for women. So that's step number six, uh, focus on uh, uh, high, um, uh, nutrient-dense, uh, um, high-in-fiber foods. 
Um, and uh, yeah, let's move on. Step number seven. So um, switch to a low calorie uh, artificial sweetener uh, um, and, and instead of sugar. So like instead of like uh, sugar, I don't know. I don't know. About, and there is nothing bad about sugar, but, um, you know, it can easily adapt to your daily intake. So if you have a, um, a Coke, for example, uh, well, that has 35 grams of carbs that of sugars like uh, literally added sugars so mm, you know that's uh, quite a lot and for me like uh, if you put on a scale a the the sensation and the experience that i go through when i have a normal coke versus uh, a diet coke or zero coke well i'm not a fan of diet coke but i like zero coke um totally like all the life i would choose a zero coke well because like if i need to choose uh, something like uh, uh, high in sugar or like uh, like a sweet or something I would not lean towards a Coke, okay? I get a, a very similar experience when I uh, have a zero Coke. And that to me, like, that's one of those switches uh, that you can easily make. So, um, you know, some people like uh, Stevia, which has low calories, uh, fewer calories than sugar. So, you know, check out uh, the one that you like the most. Uh, keep in mind that it's still artificial. So we're not like uh, doing it just for health because um, artificial sweeteners, they are not like uh, the best thing uh, for health, but they are like the quantities here are uh, important because, um, you know, you'll probably like sometime when you when you put some sweetener, some stevia in the uh, coffee, you can only like you, you see people using like very little amount compared to the sugar amount. So, yeah, switch to lower calories uh, sweetener. Um, point number eight. Hey. What about eating a salad for your lunch and dinner? Uh, you can assemble the salad in many ways. And the salad itself doesn't have many nutrients. So if you're only vegetable, and I cringe when I see, I laugh when I see people, uh, I talk to people who say that they eat a lot of vegetables, but all they are eating is uh, lettuce. Hey, lettuce doesn't give you, try to uh, have a look at the values on uh, my fitness pal or on, on the internet. Uh, you'll see that it doesn't, uh, it gives you a lot of volume. So that's one of those good food. Um, it doesn't have a lot of fibers, but it gives you a lot of uh, nutrient uh, um, density. Rather, rather than a lot of nutrient density, it gives you a low calorie density item to have on your diet. Because, you know, when you make a salad and you add uh, 150 grams of chicken, you add some healthy fats, maybe like a quarter of avocado, uh, you add uh, um, some seeds, some uh, nuts, uh, and then uh, you, uh, you know, add the, the, the lettuce, the, the iceberg lettuce, you know, you're gonna feel pretty full uh, without eating a lot of calories, which is pretty cool. So how about uh, point number eight, eat a salad with your either lunch, dinner, or both. Um, point number nine, uh, switch to diet soda well this is uh, again uh, like it's so crazy like to see how many calories uh, there are in the normal uh, drinks that people regularly drink uh, even me as an athlete i used to have a lot of cokes uh, um and you know i just liked it and at some point it almost feels difficult to stop um and that's one uh, characteristic of uh, processed food you know sometimes they have a bit more potential for uh, addiction we talk about it uh, um in, in the past, we did an episode just on sugars, sugar addiction and whether it's possible or not. Uh, well, that's not like a, a drug addiction, but they have a, we can totally say and confidently um, that processed food have a little bit more potential for um, making people, people struggle to stop eating, okay? So to control their food. And um, this is what I mean by that. So when you have uh, um, chips versus when you have uh, um, boiled uh, fish, well, boiled fish doesn't generally make people struggling to stop eating when they're really full. Whether chips does. So chips uh, do make, generally people feel like they can't stop eating, okay? So that feeling, it's like uh, more typical of uh, more processed food, gen generally because processed food has more stuff inside um, compared to whole and minimally processed food. So again, um, you know, given how popular uh, these, these sodas uh, and like uh, uh, sugary drinks are in our culture, um, it, it makes sense to just raise a little bit of awareness uh, in that regards, uh, just, just so that you know anything that is not coffee, tea or water has uh, calories, okay? Unless it's like... Uh, um, a, low ca a lower calorie uh, version. So for example, a zero Coke, okay? So a no sugar uh, version. 
Um, and yeah, that, that would be like point leading to point number 10, just consume more uh, lower calorie sugar-free drinks. Um, I, I like to keep this in mind. So um, that's something that I, that I call the water trick. And this is a secret for uh, the team Pavone. I guess it's not going to be a secret anymore. But the water trick, uh, it's uh, basically when you drink a glass of water before, uh, one during and one after each meal. Uh, how, how come is that important? Well, because when you eat uh, and drink more water, especially around your meals, uh, you're going to increase uh, um, the speed by which you'll feel full. So you're going to increase the volume of uh, stuff in your stomach. So you're going to put, uh, you know, the, the food will have less space to start with, and that will trigger the satiety signal. So uh, you will increase the chance to feel more full. So it makes sense if hunger is an issue and you're afraid that you're concerned you're not afraid i don't think like anyone should be afraid but it's totally normal to be concerned about our, about our diet um you definitely can tackle this issue so consider like increasing your water intake especially around your meals for more satiety and more satisfaction after each meal all right point number 11 well prepare your meals at home and eat out less it's a harsh true guys but it's so true like uh, I, I still remember the last time uh, i was doing a diet uh, um, and that was two years ago and i've been offered to go for drinks with colleagues and i thought okay i'm gonna go and uh, you know follow my plan so the plan was to just have a prosecco and then celebrate dance and then go home without eating but it was a, a place where you know we, we stayed for a few hours uh, they came they came with food um, some chips uh, some salted peanuts, uh, which is a red food for me. I generally have to work hard to stop eating salted peanuts, especially when I'm hungry. So imagine I'm coming out of several weeks of dieting. I lost 10 plus kg and I got to this event and basically it, I only need that glass of Prosecco to start feeling out of control. I literally felt that uh, I couldn't stop. So I ended up having way more calories than I wanted. Um, and, uh, you know, th this is not to say that you shouldn't see your friends uh, or be social when you are in a diet, uh, but just consider the time selecting carefully or uh, um, deciding strategically on the meals that you're gonna have out. Because the reality is uh, those occasions will have a potential for overeating. They have a potential for making you feel more stressed because sometimes you have uh, limited choices, uh, limited control over the food that is being served. So they are uh, a um, occasion where, hey, people tend to overeat, okay? Just so that you know, you don't, you don't wanna be in the situation where, um, you and I'm not making any terror, but I think it's a situation that is very common where people like work hard the whole week um, and they see progress on the scale, they see progress on how they feel, and then it comes the weekend and on Monday they are back at square one. That can be very stressful. Now, I don't want you to think that the solution is never going out. Uh, one, you want to make sure that you know how you're going to behave on that uh, occasion, and B, just limit the amount of occasion that you're going to go out for. And, uh, you know, it's true that you can uh, control yourself, uh, that you can decide what to eat, that you can order sauces on the side, that you can get a patty instead of a, um, you, can, you, you can just get like a, a burger on a plate instead of a, like on a patty. Um, and so like there are things you can do, but generally like when you are at home and you control your eating and uh, you see friends not in an eating uh, context, uh, then it's way easier to um to, be, to, to eat in a way that is aligned with your current goal. And that's that's why I like the, um, I like to see fat loss as a short lived um, goal to stick to properly. Okay, so when you work for a fat, on, on a fat loss goal, just stick to the plan. And uh, if you can't stick to the plan, it means that the plan is not good for you. Okay, so in your plan, you can totally have like, for example, two meals out every week if you are strategic uh, with those, with how you're, you know, behaving in those meals. Um, and, and clearly, like, uh, you know, there are different situations. Some people like to be very aggressive during the week uh, and have entire, uh, like, uh, mature freedom in the weekend. That works too on the long term. Like, that, that makes people losing a lot of weight during the week, gaining a bit of weight in the weekend. But since it's something that it's very practical for their life and they like it and they enjoy it, they can be consistent with them. Um, so, yeah. Like uh, that, that would be prep, like point uh, and strategy number uh, 11. 
prep your meals at home and eat out less. Point number 12, make sure that you eat enough protein. I uh, can't stress this enough, but uh, it's not only for making sure that you lose fat and not muscle, so for muscle retention. It's not only for, uh, um, you know, the thermogenic effect of eating more protein, so your body will have to work a bit harder to digest them, and this will result in lower calorie absorbed, uh, so they will count less towards your total caloric intake, because, um, yeah, the body has to work a bit harder to digest them, um, but also for uh, satiety. So, hey, we said that we want to be less hungry during a diet, during, during our fat loss, because we want to be consistent, right? We want to be su successful. We want to build a great physique and see those abs, see that definition, uh, and see the muscle that we work for. Um, well, that is, is a crucial component of it, because protein being the macronutrient that is harder for the body to be digested, they will, be, um, they will contribute significantly to our uh, fullness or satiety signals. So, you know, keeping a high protein um, amount in, during this time is of paramount importance. I always recommend that people should for at least... 1.6 grams of protein per kilos of per kilo of body weight okay and you can up that up to 2.4 if you think that you are not uh, um, getting enough muscle gain results or muscle retention results uh, that would be point number 12 so point number 13 keep the food that you struggle not to overeat outside your environment hey we are um, the product of our environment some people say that i don't think we are the product uh, I think we are more, a lot, severely influenced by our environment to the point where it's really, um, you know, it, it's really smart to put in your environment what is aligned with your goals. Uh, although, like, this is a practice, like a skill altogether to set up your environment in a way uh, that support our goals in life, not just like our fitness goals. Um, but, you know, like if you struggle to eat chips and you always like have to say no to chips every night, how about not buying those chips altogether and not having them in your personal environment or, uh, you know, not having food in your environment that doesn't mean necessarily never buying that food again. It's only something that we are going to do for the time being, for the time that you are uh, following um, this goal. But, you know, it can also mean that you buy them, but you keep them in a, in a place that is a little bit uncomfortable to find or to reach in your house. Okay, so you can talk about it with your partner or your housemates and then just find out how you can handle those food. But certainly, like, it wouldn't be a good idea to, if you struggle to eat chips, it wouldn't be a good idea to have chips readily available on your table, like in front of your television, right? and you stare, it's like between you and the television every night. It's like, leave me alone, <laughs> okay? So we definitely definitely don't have to, you know, consume our willpower by having such a challenge, okay? So, um, yeah, that would be it. Yeah, so that would be step and strategy number 13. Um, moving on to the last two, we already um, came to the end. So 14, it's look for lower calorie recipes of your favorite foods. So. Um, we all have uh, different traditions, uh, we all live uh, and come from different geographical places in the world, and different places uh, means different uh, uh, culture, tradition, different foods eaten, uh, different ways of cooking, different, slightly different items uh, in the grocery um, store, uh, different budgets. So we don't have to eat all the same. I don't know about you, but when I first stepped into the fitness industry, I was like downloading these fat loss guides, uh, muscle building guides. Uh, and I had a hard time finding the same grocery items uh, at my grocery store. And I got uh, frustrated uh, or ended up uh, eating the same food. Um, so, you know, it's absolutely not uh, necessary. And that's why it's important to extrapolate some underlying principles uh, from podcasts to the internet and like uh, find common trends uh, that we can apply to our life. So, for example, like, uh, can you find... Uh, a version of your culture food, like uh, let's say for an Italian, uh, a uh, ragu or like uh, a pasta with ragu, with uh, um, ragu sauce, um, it, it wouldn't be too bad during a cut, but is there a higher fiber version, higher protein version, lower in fat version of that same meal? Well, for example, we can consider eating like a whole grain pasta with uh, ragu uh, and using like lean cut of uh, 
minced beef. Um, so for example, like a 5% lean minced beef, um, or like for example, turkey mince, using tomatoes, uh, uh, using little olive oil, because that can easily bump up the calories. But that would be, for example, a slightly uh, lower calorie, higher fiber, higher protein, lower in fat version of uh, a favorite food for many Italian, a favorite meal for many Italian, a meal that many people will uh, point uh, finger at, like uh, unhealthy or like oh my God, I, I ate pasta during a cut. Wow, that must be so bad. Well, it's not bad in the context of a calorie eating uh, period of time. So you can still be in a calorie, um, sorry, I said calorie eating, calorie deficit period of time. So you can still be in a calorie deficit uh, even eating pasta with ragu. Uh, so just uh, jot down some ideas of your favorite meals to start with. So imagine like you, I like to think, uh, okay, what if this diet was finished? What would I eat tonight? right? And uh, you don't want to eat something so different from uh, your dream, right? Uh, otherwise, like the chances are that you won't be able to keep it up. Um, and, the, you know, keep it up part, uh, it's like at the base uh, of what we discussed today. Uh, we are doing this uh, to make uh, our, our eating more enjoyable, to have a better relationship with food, even if we are in a time where um, you know, it's normal to experience a little bit of food focus, a little bit of body focus, uh, because in fact, we are trying to change, we're working to change our body um, and applying all these tips. So um, yeah, look for lower calories recipes of your favorite food. It's point number 14. Um, yeah. And last but not least, uh, point number 15, strategy number 15. Well, if it aligns with your schedule, consider a different nutrient timing. Well, the reality is uh, that uh, um, we all have different schedules, uh, but most of us uh, have a busy schedule, uh, higher stress uh, um, than normal people. So this has an impact uh, on uh, our hunger and uh, on uh, uh, our calorie consumption. So our energy intake at the end of the week, because uh, often, uh, more often than not, uh, like our stress level impact our sleep uh, and both uh, like uh, bad sleep and high stress level are a recipe for uh, um, overeating uh, and for uh, uh, being more tempted to eating more processed food uh, than other people who have uh, lower stress uh, levels. So um, sometimes this is like uh, an often overlooked strategy from most people. Uh, they don't consider nutrient timing because they've been told that it's not so important, uh, for sure less important than the energy intake and their macronutrient ratio and their lifestyle. Absolutely agree. I think nutrient timing comes after those things in order of importance. But what if like for some people was what I like to call the big kahuna. It's like that uh, action that started the domino effect that ends up with many different uh, pleasant consequences. So one, um, you know, one big kahuna for some people, uh, it's uh, like maybe they are not so hungry when they eat breakfast, okay, but they eat it anyway, because it's a habit. So for them, um, perhaps when they stop eating breakfast, they don't get hungry before noon. Okay, so they actually can get a lot of things done in the morning. Uh, they're not hungry, so they don't go. They don't have to undergo that physical stress of feeling hungry and not being able to eat. So this works well if it's like um, um, a easy enough challenge for you. So you know you'll probably know what I mean when you know as I talk. But some people they're never hungry for dinner or breakfast or lunch. Okay, so it makes sense for them to kind of skip that meal and to just focus the daily calories over two other meals. So it's a little bit, it doesn't have to be so strict, so religiously followed, but it's a sort of intermittent fasting. Okay, so you are fasting for a longer period of time. And the good thing about it is that if it aligns with your psychology and your schedule, some people really love it and they never stop doing it because they find out that they, are never, they never get hungry for breakfast. Okay, so they become very productive in the morning, which has some many positive consequences on their lives. Um, and also, they al it, this allow them to channel the calories over and focus the calories over two meals or one meal. I recommend uh, at least two um, for, um, you know, protein absorption reasons. Uh, but still, like you can have amazing results as well with two meals a day. But you can, um, you know, when you when you eat, let's say, for example, a meal at 12, a meal at three and a meal at six. Um, so that would be three meals a day. You know, you probably have a bigger portions because, you know, if you have to spread 2000 calories over three meals uh, uh, versus 2000 calories over uh, 
five meals. Well, in the first example, the meals will be slightly bigger. So, you know, this works really well if you have some sort of tracking, because when you don't track, this strategy in particular ends up being, um, you know, you eat the same, but just in fewer meals a day. Okay, so basically you see no progress because you are still not in a deficit. And that's why uh, there, there is a lot big problem with, uh, uh, you know, people who believe the intermittent fasting itself will lead to fat loss. Well, it does in some cases because of um, uh, indirect consequences. So it's more of a practical effect uh, rather than a physiological effect. So by having uh, um, in, uh, yeah, it's more like, like an, a logistic effect rather than a pure physiological effect. Um, effect because by having fewer meals people can tolerate some people can tolerate better their hunger so some people they don't feel uh, as like they have to compensate one uh, once they finally eat after the fast it is over okay other people they do so you know beware of this difference and beware that's why it's good to have a strategy um you know but um if it aligns with your psychology, if it's something, if it's something that where you call to yourself uh, like eating when you're not hungry, then you can consider a slightly different nutrient timing uh, to align with your schedule and to align with your hunger cues. All right, that's about it for um, uh, today's episode. Make sure that you check the show notes if you want to download the spreadsheet of uh, uh, higher fiber, uh, higher protein food. Um, um, also check the show notes because I put there for you a little surprise so you can download now uh, the newer version of the fat loss guide for busy professionals so you learn how to lose fat naturally without supplements without extreme workouts and learn how to keep it off forever um, so it's particular for busy professionals so this is not, not a fat loss guide for personal trainers or physique competitors it's more for a busy professional who runs on high stress uh, and uh, a tight uh, schedule so they have uh, little time to exercise uh, and eat healthy uh, so if that's you go and check the show notes uh, and download uh, your free guide today uh, don't wait as well to answer uh, my emails uh, and let me know um, you know what you well, let me know your feedbacks uh, or your questions uh, around uh, training and nutrition all right, that's it for today's episode. It was a pleasure as always. Thanks for listening. We're going to talk again next week. For today's everything from Coach Francesco, ciao, ciao.